Hello. Welcome to Rappaport in Resonance, a dream of passion. My name is Errol Rappaport, and I am your host of this podcast series sponsored by the Daisy Joplin Music Mentoring Foundation. Daisy Joplin and the band just finished an incredible concert on Bannerman Castle Island. And I have the honor and pleasure of interviewing all the fabulous band members. Today, it is my honor to interview Sal Ladonia, who is the featured trumpet soloist. Here's a little bit about Sal. Sal Ladonia is a versatile trumpet player who loves to play everything from classical to rock to jazz. He studied the trumpet for over 50 years. In fact, one, one critic commented about Sal, he has such a nice, easygoing jazz tone and can play the rock riffs from Chicago or Earth, Wind & Fire on the same night. Sal has played with regional bands such as Destiny, the Chicago tribute band, Elma Fudd. He's a, he has also played in classical orchestras and as a church soloist. Sal's recent performance with the amazing violinist at the Bannerman Castle was a reunion of two musicians. They played a, to a sold out performance as Daisy and Sal performed Chris Boat's arrangement of Emmanuel and Cinema Paradiso. It was absolutely fabulous, absolutely fabulous. Thank you. So my first question, Sal, is how did you meet Daisy Joplin and explain what it means to get caught up in the Daisy Joplin magic? Magic, I like that word uh, because that's what it is. Actually, I met Daisy in a, in a weird way. I, I took my wife out to her Valentine's dinner at a very nice restaurant and Daisy came in and played some music. And while she's playing, I told my wife, I said, you know, it really would be nice if I could play that song I just heard by Chris Bodie, Emmanuel, with somebody like her. And my wife kept saying, go up there and talk to her, go up there and talk to her. And I was, you know, kind of chicken in the beginning. And I finally said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And I said, asked Daisy if she ever heard that song. She said, oh, yes, I heard the song. And if I could ever find a trumpet player who knows how to play it, I'd love to do that. <laughs> Did she and know I you played the trumpet when you asked I, said, I, I just said, you just have. And, and we need to do this. And, uh, but, you know, the magic, she made it happen. About a month later, the two of us played it together. Uh, we played it together many times after that. And uh, it was just a magical night that, that we, uh, we met and, and, and both loved this song. Did she know you played the trumpet when you went up to her? No, not at all. She had and she just came up no with that? No idea who I was. You, you just talk about a trusting person. She had no clue who I was or if I, if I knew how to play one note. Wow. Unbelievable. It really was. Just unbelievable. Okay, so um, tell us about your background and how did you get started in music? Well, when I was a little kid, five years old, my dad would put a trumpet in my mouth and tell me to start blowing on it. Um, and because I couldn't lift it, he built a little rug cushion for me so that uh, I, could, I could lean it against it. And both my dad and mom were, were very musical people. They, they didn't professionally do anything in music at all, but they loved it. And my mom was a classical uh, fan in the big time. My dad was a jazz big band kind of fan. Um, so you can imagine growing up in a household with those two types of music being played in each year, you, you kind of get a good appreciation for all types of music. And, and that's, that's really what I did. I wanted to quit the trumpet probably about a hundred times. Um, my father would send me back into my room to practice and no matter how many times I quit, he would send me back in 
And then he hooked me up with a fantastic professor, uh, Peter Carino, who was um, uh, one of the monsters of the trumpet. And I studied with him for quite a few years uh, and still stay in touch with him to this day. Well, let me ask you, first of all, why the trumpet? Why not, um, why not the piano? Why not the uh, clarinet? Yeah, good question. My, my dad loved the trumpet. He, he tried to play it, you know, and he did a good job with it. And, and uh, so we had trumpets around. Um, I, you know, later on, I picked up the guitar and the piano myself, but, but he was really focused on the trumpet. And, uh, and looking back at it today, it's an instrument that not everybody plays. You know, you want to find, I hate to say it, but you want to find a guitar player, you'll find a billion of them. You'll find a lot of, you know, other types of instruments, but the trumpet is not as prevalent. And I am so thrilled now when I look back on, on how that worked out, that you put this thing in your hand and you can make notes out of it. It's just, a, well, I, I love the instrument. So at what age did you know that this was, this is what you wanted to do. This is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. I really didn't. I mean, when I was a teenager, I was going to, my, my mom wanted me to go to Juilliard. Um, and um, I, I wanted to be an astronaut, you know, it was, it's, it's just something totally different. Um, but the good thing was I never gave it up. I kept playing it, I kept playing it, I kept playing it, I played in bands, I would go everywhere. It was always my other job. And that carried me over now, you know, in, into life now where I play, with one of the nicest, best regional bands around called Class Action, of all things. Um, and um, I you know, get to play with people like Daisy, play at church, play wherever I want, uh, and still enjoy the music that I can, I can put out. That's fantastic. Um, so another question, what does it mean to be an artist? Uh, I think it means different things to different people. Um, what does it mean to you? <laughs> to, me, to me, it means expression. You know, you can have to express yourself in different ways. And so whether I'm playing a song by Chris Bodie or a song by Chicago or whatever it is, I'm going to play it my way. You know, I always, I always say I don't want to copy anybody too much. You want to do things in your own, your own method. Um, and I think that's the art part of it. You know, I, I, I can't draw a straight line, but I can play some music. And to, so to me, I have the one portion of my brain that plays with art is a musical one, not necessarily any other type. Right. Um, when people say uh, in life, you have to pay your dues, what does that mean to you? In this uh, work, work hard and, and work, you know, I, I, get, I get to talk to a lot of young artists today and, or people who are on the way up or think they are at least. Um, and one of the things I tell them is it's not going to happen automatically. You know, some of them will come to you and say, gosh, I've been doing this for a year and nothing is happening. And I, I, I look at them with a crazy look on my face. A year and you think you have to have an art. You've got to keep working at it. It's something that develops over a lot of time, a lot of sweat, a lot of, you know, practicing over and over and over. A lot of spending time in your practice room, which is I'm in my, my practice room now. Um, spending hours in here every single day. I, 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 there's not a day that doesn't go by that I don't put two hours of, of practice in. And they, not, I think people have to understand that that's really what it takes. Well, I guess playing the trumpet, I mean, your instrument is your lungs and everything that must be quite, you know, practice and, and, and um, exercise, let's say. Yeah, it is. Um, you've, you've, it's, a, it's a matter of the buzz from your lip on, on the mouthpiece, which is the most important thing. You know, one of the things we had at the Bannerman concert 
they were concerned about the COVID issue and, and all of that. And they said, well, won't a lot of air be coming out of the trumpet? Well, not much air comes out of the trumpet at all. In fact, a good trumpet player should be able to hold a note as long as they could hold their breath because you're just really using the air to buzz the, the mouthpiece and that's making the tone that comes out of the trumpet. Wow, what, what, a, what a fantastic that is. Now, what was, um, um, and, and the, tell us about the experience, the experience of playing on the Bannerman Castle, if everything you had to go through just to, because uh, it was fantastic. I saw the, I saw the film, uh, the rough cut of the film last night, and first of all, it's great, you are great. They have they they've just the lighting and the and the and the playing and those songs, it's just fabulous. Wait till you see it. You're gonna be so excited. Because the audience, because audience, we're streaming this uh, in a couple of weeks. You're gonna have a notice of when we're streaming it. Make sure right. you see it. It's so unusual. It's so great, and and beautiful. So. Yeah, it's it was an experience and a half. I got to tell you something. I've never done like this before. We start with the 72 steps that we had to go to. <laughs> And, and we did count those steps. Um, well, I know, I know Lovando and I, the, the, uh, the, the bass player, was, were, were literally calling them off as we were going up them with all our equipment over our shoulders. Um, but it's such a beautiful site, a site without electricity that, that it had to happen and, and you had to bring the electricity in. Um, we made our own electricity that way. Um, being able to play from a turret, which I never even knew what a turret was until I got there. Um, and, and having that, that spot behind the band to play on and to play in line with Daisy uh, was just amazing. I have to admit, even though I know Daisy and I know her magic and I know her drive, um, I wondered if we were going to actually pull this thing off. And to see not only pulling it off, but to do it with the, to the level that we did. And, and it was such a professional operation from the lighting people to the sound people, Todd Del Jews was phenomenal. Um, we, we had uh, the production people, the cameramen, everybody. And they stayed out of your way while you were trying to put the show on and yet came up with a phenomenal product. Uh, I couldn't be happier with the way this, this week went off. Uh, seven days of trying to get every note right, but it, it, it was worth it. Right, everybody, everybody says, uh, and all the band people I've spoken, they all tell me about the 72 steps. Yeah, 72 <laughs> steps that, you know, we felt bad because we had to carry our equipment up, but you can imagine the poor guys with the sound equipment and all that, they, I mean, they had a lot more of a load to bring up there. It, it was uh, an exercise. <laughs> I heard about Jeff and the piano. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Bill had to bring the piano up and, and um, Matt had to help him. And, and, Matt uh, had to help. And yeah, it's, and it's everybody true. else got that long piano with all the keys, and and uh, and what a fantastic piano player he is. Yes, I mean, and just everybody is such a labor of love, and everybody came together so beautifully. Um, which um, my next question would be: What do you think of the future future of the music business? Is headed? Where do you think it's headed? Especially now, Broadway is going to be closed for another two years, I think. And so, where do you? Where do you get to play? Where do you get to practice? And, and um, you know, where do the, the musicians uh, have to get paid and, and raise, you know, raise a family? Yeah, I think it's, we're going to have to adapt. You know, um, we, we have to hope that some cooler heads prevail and that this COVID gets, um, gets under control. And I think it will be soon. Um, but, but we have to adapt to it. You know, I played a gig last night and we did it in a parking lot of a restaurant and uh, to a, a packed house. But 
all separated by enough distance. Um, and we did the sound system with that in mind. We did our playing with that in mind. Um, and it worked out pretty nice. At least the band got to exercise themselves a little bit. Um, my band has seven pieces in it. It's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's a nice, uh, good brass section band. Um, but you have to be able to play someplace. And it's so hard to play indoors. I think the real challenge is going to be now as the winter comes in and we can't do those things anymore. We now have to worry about, you know, how much are we going to atrophy over the next few months? Um, what do you know about the, uh, the, found, the Daisy Joplin Music Foundation? And what have you seen? And if they played in the Paramount and everything, what have you seen of the people that have been involved in it and what, what it means to the, the you know, the um, people that have been part of the program? Yeah, uh, what, what a great foundation. First of all, I, I, you know, I love the idea of getting kids involved in, in music, and that's so important nowadays. Um, we have too many people who think they're great and, and others who need cultivation, and, and that's really what comes out of Daisy's programs. Um, the people that work within the foundation and the people that work in Daisy's band um, are just such good-hearted and, and, and great people. Right. I, I tell everybody, you know, how'd you get along with the band? I said, in about two and a half minutes, I felt like I was at home because they were all so good and top quality people, um, friendly as could be and, and warm and loving. And, and you know, you want that, um, but it's to move on now and, and to really be able to influence the life of young people who, who want to be in music uh, is important because we don't know where the next really good quality talent is coming from, um, but we'll find it, you know, and we'll find it better if we help them along the way. And that's really what our job is, is to, to pay, pay it forward and, and do it the right way. So what advice would you give to somebody starting out in the music business? Work hard. At different, different ages. Let's yeah. start from different ages. Well, so, oh, at any age, work hard. Understand that you're gonna have to work hard for a long time. And, and the other part of it is be humble. You know, if, if, you are, if, you, if you're gonna stand up there and think you're gonna be as good as and fill in the blank, whoever that star is, um, don't try to be that, that person. Try to be yourself. Don't let, you know, I always, I, I'm a big Yankee fan and I, and I always remember the year that the Yankees won the World Series with Joe Torre and, and they, they tried to get Joe to say how great the team was. And he said, we don't do that. He said, we let others tell us how good we are. And, and I think that's the attitude you need to take into it. If, if you play a good piece, great. You know what? There's going to be a day when you don't. And, and you need to understand that people are, you know, put your best show on all the time, but they'll, you don't think you're as good as you want to be. You always have to go to that next step. You always have to work harder and, and, and you can always be better. You're never good enough. Well, my dad used to say, work is work only when it's work. Yeah, that's true too. Love what you do. You know, that's, that is so part, such an important part of it. I was telling somebody yesterday, you know, in order to practice every night, I, I have a law practice, I have a, I'm a judge, I have to go to court. I come home at night and I play my horn. And, and in order sometimes to start, it really takes a push to get me off the chair and into the practice area. Um, but once I start, it is something I love to do and it makes it easy to go the next couple of hours and, and, and just practice everything I'm doing. That's great. So if somebody wanted to reach you um, to talk to you or to hire you or whatever way, do you have a website or a... a um... Don't have a website. I have, I'm on Facebook. Um, you can always find me there. My name's not not, uh, not too normal, so <laughs> it's easy to find. Um, but, uh, but, you know, there's always uh, 
we, we, my, my Facebook page and also my band's Facebook page, uh, Class Action. Um, and we, we stay in touch. We usually put up our next performances there. In fact, the gig I did last night, somebody recognized me as being at the Bannerman concert because they were there. So I thought oh, that, was, that was very cool. Did they come up with you afterwards? They did. They did. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, I, okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this. I mean, that was such a great interview. And I think you're an inspiration to a lot of people you know, playing music and, and young people. And um, it's just wonderful to be involved with the foundation. I just love it. Um, and so everybody, I want you to know that you're gonna be able to see the streaming of this concert. Um, you go to the daisyjoplingfoundation.org to find it. There'll be, it's gonna be illuminated here on this uh, web, on this podcast of where you can get it. And next week, I'm gonna interview Jeff Miller who played the piano. Who I hear is wonderful also. I mean, you guys have such a camaraderie. Each one I speak to starts complimenting the other one. They're so happy to be part of this, you know, unit you have of uh, six people, I think. And it's just great. And I'm going to leave everybody with this one message here that um, is important to everybody. Oh, before that, I must mention that this whole series is dedicated to Joe Brown, who um, was Daisy's late, late husband. So, may you always have a dream of passion. Thank you, 